Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're continuing Luke chapter 17. I told you this was going to be a four or five part series. Uh, even though it's a short chapter, man, it is it just as promised. It's deep, deep, deep with some heavy, heavy stuff about sin, about causing people to sin. And, and in the last podcast, we talked about forgiveness. And um, <laughs> it has taken us three podcasts to get through the first five verses of Luke 17. And I'm, I'm going to be honest about the rest of this chapter. It's over my head. Uh, uh, and, and what I mean by that, Jesus is going to be talking about faith. And faith is not over my head. Well, I, I'll, but some of the stuff that he says is kind of is kind of difficult to, um, to um, not talk about because I can talk about it. But to break it down and break it down correctly and try to convey what Jesus is trying to say. Uh, it, it, it can be difficult, but <clears throat> at the end of Luke 17, a Pharisee is going to ask Jesus about the end times, and I, I'll just do what I can with that, uh, but when when we get to that, and that's going to be the next podcast, we'll cover the end times and what this Pharisee asked Jesus and what Jesus replied to the Pharisee about the end times. We'll cover that, uh, and I'll do the best that I can with the resources that I have but I just want to say thank you for uh, continuing to to listen uh, to the Grinded Podcast because uh, Luke chapter 17, man, it just you talking about getting punched in the face by the Holy Spirit. Uh, I, me personally, yes, I have, and and, and uh, I hope that that uh, com- that passion and compassion uh, over the last few podcasts have have come through as you watch or as you listen. Because our, my goal, God's goal, our purpose, God's purpose is for us to be more and more like Jesus each and every day. And we're to show the heart of the Father just like Jesus showed the heart of the Father. And we're to love like Jesus loved. And, and, and to do that, we have to talk about the heavy stuff. And, and, and that's what Jesus is doing here with his disciples in Luke 17, he, he's talking to them about sin, and he's talking to people. He's talking to them about uh, causing other people to sin and, and the dangers of that. And and he's talking about how when people sin against us, that we have to forgive them, no matter how many times they continue to sin against us. We have to forgive because we have been forgiven. And so um, we're going to move on now with with Luke 17. And when Jesus, in the first five verses, when Jesus was telling his disciples about all this heavy stuff and how we're to forgive when, when people have sinned against us, the disciples say something to Jesus that, that really caught my attention. And you would think <clears throat> that Jesus is telling them to watch themselves and, and, and don't cause people to go into sin or, or, or to sin or fall into sin or uh, and he's saying temptation is going to be coming on a daily basis. You you would think they they would say something like, "Well, you know, how do how, forgiveness is hard, Jesus? So how do we do that when people have hurt us? Or, or uh, how 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 do we forgive 
uh, when, when when we've been hurt so bad. But that's not what they said. That's probably something I would say, or maybe something you would say. But but they didn't question Jesus about about sin and forgiveness. Instead, what they said was this. They they said to Jesus, show us how to increase our faith. Show us how to increase. They're saying, we have faith, but, but, but it's easy for them to have faith because Jesus, the Messiah, is standing right before their very eyes. So it, it's not very difficult for them to have faith. And we'll talk more about that in a few minutes like it is for us. Because we ain't seeing Jesus. He's not standing before our very eyes. We're not eating fish with him. We're not eating bread with him. We're not watching all the miracles that he's doing. And so they're, they're saying, Lord, Jesus, just show us how to increase our faith. And this implies two things. Number one, they had faith. They had some faith. And number two, they were interested in growing or increasing their faith. And, and, and like I said, it, it was easy for them to have faith because these 12 men that Jesus are talking to right here, including Judas, they were hand-picked by Jesus. When Jesus was traveling around in that area, he, he saw certain people and he would go to them and ask them to follow him, to, to, to give up the life that they're living right now, to give up their jobs, give up their families for a, t- a certain amount of time and follow him. And, and, and they would do that. And they followed him for around three years, maybe three and a half years at most, and when he's going to die on the cross. And that ended up, well, as far as physical Jesus being on the earth. But they've seen Jesus work miracle after miracle after miracle, including raising people from the dead, right? Stopping funeral possessions. We just looked at that not too long ago in the book of Luke where he stopped the funeral possession and and the the widow's only son was in the casket and she's going to bury him and and he stops the funeral and and raises the kid up out of the the casket. And he's he's alive and they've seen all this. So it, it would be easy for them to have faith. They've heard his teachings. They're going to the synagogue with him Saturday after Saturday. And, and they're listening to him teach. And they're seeing the, the influence that he's having in people's lives from village to village. And, and, and how he's given all these people so much hope. And, and, and they've heard Jesus tell them time and time again, Oh, you of little faith, when they did doubt him, right? But here's Jesus. He's standing right before their very eyes. They could reach out and touch him. They can grab his hand and shake his hand. They could pat him on the back. You know, they could have a conversation with Jesus. And we we don't have that luxury. You know, we can have a conversation with Jesus when, and that's what we do when we're praying and we're praying to the Father in the name of Jesus. But he's not standing before our very eyes to have that conversation like our spouse is or our kids are or our co-workers are. We can tangibly see them. They're standing right there before us. Jesus is not. And so we, we, we have to... It, it takes a lot of faith to believe in something that we can't or somebody that we cannot see. But I, I want to remind us of... The words that Jesus told Thomas, what we call Doubting Thomas, when Jesus was resurrected and Jesus appeared to the disciples, there was one in particular that was not there, and that's Thomas. And the disciples tell Thomas when he does show up that Jesus had been there and that they had talked with Jesus. 
And 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 Thomas says, "No, y'all are, y'all are lying to me. You're crazy. I ain't believing anything y'all say until I can see the nail prints in his hands, and I can touch them, and I can take my hand and and where his, I want to put my hands on his side where that pier, where where that uh, sword pierced his side, and then I'll believe." Now you would think that Jesus would just pop up again and say, "Here I am," because he could do that. He knew Thomas was doubting. He knew Thomas wasn't there. And he knew that Thomas was not believing the disciples' report. He, God knows everything. And Jesus is God, right? And so he knew what was going on. He knew what people were thinking when he was, when, when, when he was visiting with people. And they would just think something in their mind. He would call them out on it out loud. He knew what Thomas was dealing with here. So he could have just popped right up on the scene and said, Hey, Thomas, here I am. Told you. I'm alive. They told you. They tried to tell you. You didn't believe. But that's not what Jesus did. He made Thomas wait over a week. If I'm not mistaken, it was eight days. It was eight days that Thomas had to wait. And then that's when Jesus shows up again. And this time, Thomas is there. And Jesus looks at Thomas and says, Hey, here's my hands. Here's my side. Come on, touch me. It's it's me. And, 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 Thomas said, cries out to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus tells Thomas, he says, look, Thomas, you believe me because you've seen me and you see me now. But blessed are those who believe, that's having faith, they believe but have never seen me. And that's you and me. We ain't seeing Jesus. He's not on this earth. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. And, and, and the only way that we can see Jesus is by faith. And these guys had Jesus standing right before their very eyes, and yet we know their faith was weak because they were constantly doubting Jesus, right? When, they, when he, was, he was asleep in the boat, and they go and they wake him up because they're scared that they're going to die, and Jesus calms the storm, and here's what they say. What manner of man is this that even the wind and the seas obey him? Well, I'll tell you what kind of man he is and who he is. He's the man who created all of that. That's who we're to have faith in. And he's standing right before you in that, in that boat. He's calmed the wind and the seas and they're freaking out. They're standing in amazement. And when Jesus was going to feed the 5,000, the disciples asked him, they said, here's, here's their doubting. How are we going to feed all? Because Jesus said we got to feed all these people. He's been moved with compassion. There's over five thousand people. That's just the number of men. There's probably if you take uh, women and children, there's over ten to fifteen thousand people there in this crowd, and they're sitting on this mountainside. And the, the disciples are saying, "Send them away. Get them out of here. We, we got to go, and, and, and we're hungry, and they need to go eat." And Jesus says, "Let's feed them. Matter of fact, you feed them, boys." And they say, "How are we going to feed all these people? We don't, you know, we got very little money. We, we, we had, we, there's no, no way we can go into town and buy enough food for all these people. And all we have here that we've scraped up is two fish and five loaves of bread. How are we going to feed these people?" And Jesus says, "Hold my grape juice or whatever." And he says, he takes the two fish and the five loaves of bread, and and he blesses it, and he says, "Pass them out." And as they pass out the, the, the baskets of, of bread and fish, the people get all they want to eat. And then there's so much um, leftovers that it fills up 12 baskets showing the disciples. They each get a basket full of leftovers. And Jesus says, that's how I'm going to feed them. 
See, you doubted me, but you you shouldn't doubt me after all the things that you've seen me do. See, they had faith, but they're telling Jesus to increase our faith. You see, instead of it, 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 despite Jesus telling them that he had to die and that he was going to be raised in three days from the grave, victorious over death and hell, they doubted what he said, and when it happened, they all scattered in fear. And Peter had even denied that he knew Jesus three different times. And, and, and when Jesus is in the tomb for those three days, they're locked in fear in a room with the door shut and locked as, as tight as they could get it because they were afraid. They, they were in fear, which is doubt. And, they're pray- and, 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 and so when Jesus is saying, hey, temptations are coming on a daily basis and, 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 and people are going to sin, but you don't want to be the one who causes people to sin. You want to show the heart of the Father. And, and so, so you, and when somebody does sin, you need to forgive them because that's the heart of the Father, and and and, and you need to uh, um, watch yourselves, you know. And, and and so, their reply to Jesus is, "Lord, increase our faith. We have faith, but increase our faith. Grow our faith." In verses six through ten, it says this: "The Lord answered." This is how Jesus replied to them after they said that. Lord, increase our faith. He says, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say this to this mulberry tree. And you've probably heard sermons on this a lot about the mustard seed. But he says, if you have if you have faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. When a servant comes in, pl- in from plowing or taking care of the sheep, uh, does his master say, come in and eat with me? No, he says, prepare my meal, put on your apron, and serve me while I eat. Then you can eat later. And does the master thank the servant for doing what he, has, uh, what he was told to do? Of course not. In the same way, when you obey me, you should say, we are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. Now, I'm going to break down what Jesus just told his disciples in the best way that I possibly can. And and what I believe Jesus is saying here to his disciples is he's saying it doesn't take much faith at all to do what God's will is. It doesn't take much faith at all. And he gives this example of the mustard seed, which is a very, very, very small seed. Uh, it, I mean, it's tiny, and, 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 but when you plant it, it grows this humongous tree, and, and, it, and it provides shade, and it provides a, a nesting area, or provides a home for the birds, a place to, to stay and a place to rest. And so Jesus says it, if they would have just a little faith, a small amount of faith, small as a mustard seed, very tiny, if, if they would just have a little faith, they could do miraculous things. And, and, and I think this is where certain flavors of Christians, uh, they, they, they get this idea of people having weak faith. And if their faith was stronger, then they would be able to, to, to be healed. They wouldn't be sick anymore. Or the situation that they're in, that they're praying about, it would change. But, but since they have weak faith, that they aren't really seeing the, or they're not seeing the results that, that they continue to pray for. And it's all because they have weak faith. And, and I, I, I don't 
agree with that. I, I don't believe that is what Jesus is saying here at all. He's telling the disciples who have faith to increase our faith. Yes, they, their, their faith is weak. There's no doubt about that. They doubt Jesus many times despite all the miracles that they see him do. They continue to doubt. And we do the same thing. That's why James is telling us to, in, in his, I think it's James chapter 1, he's saying, quit doubting. Because when you doubt, you, you can't mix faith with, with doubt. Because that, that's like a person who's uh, being tossed about by the ways, being you know carried about here and there. No, we got to live by faith. And, 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 and that's what I believe Jesus is saying to his disciples. He's saying, if you would just have a little faith, you could do things that would just blow your mind. Uh, but, and here, here's some reasons why I say that. Number one, I just mentioned a while ago that the disciples have seen Jesus raise the dead. If a person is dead, they're not breathing, they're, 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 their heart's not beating, there's no blood circulating, there's no life. They're dead. Their body has been decomposing, and, and yet, they come back to life. Therefore, a dead person has zero faith because a dead person is gone. They have left the body, and yet Jesus raises them from the dead. Dead people do not have faith, and yet they come to life when Jesus says, come forth or get out of that casket. Second, they, they, the disciples, they have faith, and we've already seen how they, they've already worked a, a lot of miracles themselves outside of Jesus because Jesus has, has given them authority to go into villages ahead of him, and he told them, and we've already covered this in the book of Luke in the previous podcast, and you can go back and listen to it, but, but he told his disciples he told the first time he sent 12 out, next time he's going to send 70 out, other disciples. But he, he told his 12, he said, You go into these villages ahead of me and you preach to them the kingdom of God has come. And you back it up, your mess, you back up the message by working miracles, healing the sick, casting out demons, uh, healing blind eyes, opening blind eyes, opening deaf ears. He gave them the power to do it, and they did it. And they would even come back and report to Jesus with so much excitement that they were able to work these miracles and, and, and how the demons even uh, uh, obeyed them in the name of Jesus. Um, so they already have faith, and they've already worked miracles. So it's not that they have a lack of faith and they can't get anything done. They have faith, and they're able to work miracles. The third thing is this. I believe what Jesus is saying to his disciples here is, is, is something that The Rock used to say in wrestling many, many years ago. When I believe it was, uh, was he WWE? When WWE was still around, it's WWF now. No, it was WWF, now it's WWE. But The Rock, he, he would say something like this, Know your role. Know your role. And I think that's what Jesus is saying here to his disciples. I think he's saying... Know your role, guys. Your day is coming because I'm about to leave this earth and you're about to take over. And, and, and when he says, 
know your role because your day's coming. He, he gives this example of the mulberry tree, and it, and and I've never, I have never, as many times as I've read the Bible, taught the Bible, preached from the Bible, I have never considered this. Uh, what Jesus is about to say about this mulberry tree. And if you think about, let me go back and just read what he says about the mulberry tree. He says, he says, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. Okay. So it, it, get this, catch what he said. How, how can some, in the natural Right? How can somebody uproot a mulberry tree out of dry ground where it gets its nourishment to live, right? It, it gets its food from the, the dirt. It gets water from the rain. It goes through the dirt and it drinks up the water and it, the leaves would, would drink the water. How can, how can a mulberry tree that is planted on dry ground where it gets its nourishment to live be uprooted from that ground where it gets its nourishment, dry ground, and be planted into water, and not just water, but the sea, which is salt water. It would die. It, 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 it can't be planted. Have you ever tried to, to take a tree, just a little shrub? I, I dare you to go out and try it. Just, just find a little tree. Just go get a stick, even. And try to stick a, 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 the stick or a tree in some water and see what happens. If the tree's heavy enough, it's going to sink down to the bottom. Because you can't plant a tree in water. It, it'll fall over and it'll float. It'll, 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 it'll float away. If, if there's a current, I promise you that's what is going to happen. It, it, it's against nature what Jesus is saying here about this mulberry tree. And, and that's what a miracle is. A true miracle defies all logic. It defies the laws of nature. Dead people don't come back to life. The heart doesn't beat after it stops. Now, I do know a man who was dead for almost 20 minutes and he came back to life. I, he, I, I go to church with him. His name is, and I hope he doesn't mind me uh, using him in this, but his name is Dan Osborne. <laughs> and he was literally dead pronounced dead for 20 minutes and came back to life and our preacher used him several times for uh, many years when he was our preacher that he would use dan as an example of somebody that was raised from the dead so there are there are exceptions to this but uh, a true miracle it defies all logic dead people normally don't come back to life their heart doesn't start beating again after it stops their lungs don't breathe again after they have taken their last breath. And in fact, uh, if, if you know anything about people who have died, decay almost starts immediately. That's why when almost immediately when somebody dies, if you've ever visited, if, especially if you've been a preacher, you've done this countless times, I'm sure. Um, or if you've had a loved one that died, almost immediately there's a stench in the room. And that's, that, that's the smell of death because their body has already started uh, to decay. And, 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 and so a, a miracle, is it just defies nature. It defies all logic. And he tells, he, he tells them, he says, he says the, the servant works all day long 
And, and he, he says he gets things done. And, and when he gets things done, he comes in and the master's hungry. And, he, and so he, 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 the master tells the servant, hey, you still got work to do, bud. You got to cook me a meal and you got you to gotta serve me. You got to serve the master so that I can eat. And, and, and then you can eat. And Jesus says, when you obey me, he's talking to his disciples, right? He says, when you obey me, then, uh, and, and they do obey him. They, they do what he tells them to do over and over again because they have faith in Jesus, right? That, that's what we're trying to establish here. They already have faith in Jesus. Jesus says, when you obey me, you, you, here's what you need to do. You just need to realize that you are unworthy servants who have done what I told you to do. And, that, and, and, and that's us because, you know, we wouldn't know. I heard, uh, I think it was Rod Parsley, is that his name? been so long since I've listened to him. But I remember him one time saying, uh, Rod Parsley, Parsley, but he said he said uh, he said something like, "You can't find God. You wouldn't even know where to look for God." It, 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 God found us. Jesus found us. The Holy Spirit seeks us out. We are maybe we're that treasure that that Jesus that, that that was being sought after. We are the pearl of great price because Jesus. We're that, that sheep that was lost and Jesus came and found us. We're that coin that was lost and Jesus did everything to, that he had to do, even including dying on the cross for our sins, to find us. He seeks us out. Jesus found us. He died for us. Don't get that backwards. Jesus handpicked these disciples and Jesus picks us. He chose us, which make, that, that makes you and I special, just like it does the disciples. That Jesus knows our name. God knows our name. He knows everything about us. And despite that, even in all of our sin and our iniquities, even while we were enemies, Christ died for us. He still chose us. He still chose to die for us and pay the debt for our sin. And so Jesus says to his disciples, he says, when you obey me, just realize that you are unworthy servants who have done what you are told to do. We are definitely unworthy servants. And I hope that we're doing what Jesus tells us to do. That, that's the whole purpose here, to, to be like Jesus, to show the heart of the Father like, and love like Jesus, love. So Jesus, I think that he, he doesn't want them to get the big head, which some of his disciples, in all honesty, when you, when you read the Gospels, you can see how they, they start to get the big head, including James and John, who, what Jesus calls the, the sons of thunder, they get their mother, uh, I believe her name is Solomon, to go to Jesus and say, hey, when you when you come into your kingdom, can my sons, my two boys, can they sit at your right hand and, and, and on your left? Uh, they're, they're getting a little puffed up. And the other disciples, they, they were a little indignant uh, when that happened. They didn't like that. Um, Peter, he could, he could, you know, he stuck his foot in his mouth a lot, but he... He could have easily had gotten the big head, but he got humbled real quick when he denied Jesus three times uh, when Jesus was uh, being tried and on his way to the cross. Um, and, and, and think about this. There, there, as when, when Luke is writing this and Jesus is having this discussion with his disciples, they're on their way to Jerusalem while they're talking. They're on their way to Jerusalem. And Jesus knows What's coming? He he knows what's about to happen very, very soon. Well, then the next week or two weeks or however long it is until we get to the end of Luke. But Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem to die for the sin 
of man. He is going to, to die on the cross to be our Passover lamb, our sacrificial lamb, so that our sins can be forgiven. And so he knows what's about to happen. He, 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 but, you know, here's, they don't. He knows that he's going to die on that cross. He's going to be resurrected and that he's going to be heading back to heaven and sitting at the Father's right hand. And when he knows that when that happens, they're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we see this in Acts 2. And I've covered it in the book of Acts and other podcasts. You can go back and listen to that whenever you have time. And I uh, would appreciate it if you did. And you would, you would appreciate it if you do because you will be blessed and you will be challenged. But Jesus knows that they're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and they're going to be filled with power from on high like they've never been filled before. And he knows that they're going to be able to work miracles to back up the message of the kingdom, the good news, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And they're going to be doing these miracles. And people are going to say, whew, i got to put my faith in what they're talking about in Jesus, the Messiah. He has come. And, and I've I got, I, I got to listen and i got to, I got to obey. I've I, I got, got to do something about this. And that, that's why they say in, in, when Peter... Preaches that first sermon on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter two after the Holy Spirit falls and they they're speaking in tongues and and and, and they they think that the, the the apostles are drunk and Peter says no we're not drunk it's only nine o'clock in the morning we wouldn't be drunk this early in the morning and, and he says this is what's happened it was prophesied by Joel in Joel chapter two he didn't say Joel chapter two but he said this is prophesied by the prophet Joel. And, and and he says, you've crucified the Messiah. Now God's raised him from the dead and he's sitting at the Father's right hand. And they say, well, what do we got to do to make this right? What do we have to do to be saved? And Peter says, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you, be, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, your children, all that afar off. In other words, you got to have faith in Jesus, the one you have crucified, the one you said was a blasphemer. You have got to put your faith and your trust in that Jesus. And so do we. And we ain't seen him. He's not standing before us like he did the disciples. We can only believe in Christ by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 16. So the question is then, how do we give faith? How do we give faith? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when we hear about Jesus, when we hear the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection, when we hear scriptures being taught, we can have faith. There's, there's no other way to get faith. There's no other way to get faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But, well, I said there, there's no other way to to. To get faith, but there is a actually another way to get faith, and we get faith from God. But still, it goes back to the scriptures. You can't get faith from somebody that you don't know. God just ain't gonna zap you with a bunch of faith. And the way we get to know God, the way we get to know His Son Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins, is to be in His Word. So it still goes hand in hand with Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. We get faith. From God, Romans 12, 1 through 3, Paul says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, and that which is good and acceptable and perfect. 
For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment. And here it is. As God has allotted, or God has given to each person, each man, each woman, a measure of faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. When we hear about God, when we read about God, God will begin to give out faith. Especially when we come to Jesus and we make him our Lord and Savior, God allots us, God gives us a measure of faith. That's what Paul says here in Romans 12, verse 3. God gives us a measure of faith, and not only will he give us faith, but God will also increase our faith but only if we put in the work. And that's what the disciples asked Jesus to do. Lord, increase our faith. We already got faith, but increase our faith. And here's the deal. If we're not willing to put forth the effort, if we're not willing to put forth that four-letter word we don't like, work, if we're not willing to work, then the measure of faith that God gives us, it's not going to grow. And in fact, if we don't plant and water it and, 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 and put the work in it can wither away and die. James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26 makes this clear that faith without works is dead. And you can, you can say that however you want to, but this is what James says. And I'm just going to read it straight from James with no commentary. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Well, a lot of people say so. Well, I'll say no commentary. What does it profit, my brethren, if, a man, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you don't give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and they tremble. But do you want to, but do you know but do you want to know, O foolish man, what faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham my father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was, he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. So we work for the kingdom we work for God to increase our faith. Not to be saved, because it's not a works to be saved, because we are saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. But if we don't work, then James makes it clear that works without faith is dead. So when we see God working in our lives, and we see God working through our lives, then our faith is made stronger. And, and, and so, what are some things that we can do to increase our faith? Well, the one thing is to pray. 
Prayer is simply having a conversation with God. We talk and He listens. But in reality, when, when we're talking to another human being, a conversation is, is among two people or three people or several people, and, and everybody has an opportunity to talk and everybody has an opportunity to listen. And so prayer is not only talking to God, but prayer is also listening to God. We're, we're listening, we're talking to God, and God's listening. And then we're also listening for God to speak. Maybe not in an audible voice, but if we're in His Word, which is another one we're going to talk about here in just a second, but, but God, the Scriptures will start coming to mind. And, and, and as we are in prayer and we're having a conversation with God and we're listening, our faith will increase. I guarantee it. Because uh, we're communicating with God and God's communicating with us. I mean, we're in the presence of God. That's what prayer is. It's taking us right to the throne of God. So how, how can we be in the presence of God and our faith not increase? The second thing that we can do is read our Bibles. You can't have a relationship with somebody that you barely know. And the only way to get to know God is reading the love letter, right? The love letter. It's not a book of rules. I mean, it does have rules in it. But this is a love letter from Genesis to the book of Revelation. This is a love letter of God's redemption and, and how much He loves us by sending His only Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. You can find Jesus all through the Old Testament. And, of course, naturally, He's in the New Testament. But we cannot have a relationship with somebody we don't know or barely know. It's not much of a relationship. And so the only way we can get to know God is to read His Word. And, and, and be people of the word and, 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 and not just reading it, but breaking it down. And, 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 and because when we read God's word, it's amazing. We can read a chapter. And, and what happens is when we read that chapter, we can turn around the next day and read that same chapter and see something that we didn't see. I mean, it's like it almost literally jumps off the page. It will literally stand out and, and, and show up. And, and, and God will speak to us through His Word. And it, 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 it's awesome. That's why they call it the living Word. It's not just a book to read. It's a, it's a love letter. And it's God speaking to us. He has left this behind for us so that we can get to know Him. And so we're reading His Word. We're communicating with Him in, in prayer. And then another way that we can increase our faith is be a part of the community of believers you know, find you a local church, whether it's a house church or a, a, a church that 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 uh, follows the word of God, and 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 is a community of believers who are helping one another get to heaven, because we can't do this alone. It's very hard. Life is hard. Um, in in Acts chapter two, uh, Luke says this in verses forty-two through forty-seven, and this is uh, after Peter just preached that sermon on the day of Pentecost. It says about 3,000 souls received the word and obeyed the word and they were baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of their sins and the Lord added them to the church. And this is what he says in 42-47. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings or the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all them and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. 
They sold their property and possessions and they shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while the praising all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. And each day the Lord added to their their fellowship those who were being saved. They were they were unified. And they were, and this was crucial in the coming days because when persecution hit, they had to have each other. They were dying for their faith. They're getting beat for their faith. They're getting put in prison and then being killed for their faith. Families are being busted up. Very, very difficult. Very, very hard. And, and, and so the, this unity was crucial. They had to have each other to make it, to keep going, and to not give up, which is why I even do the Grounded Podcast. It's why I do these Bible studies and and, and, and to, to and help inspire you, to motivate you, and to, to, to keep going, to let you know that you're not alone in what you're going through. You, you don't have to deal with it alone. That I can help you. We can help you. I can put you in, wherever you're at. I can find somebody in your area that will help you walk with Christ. They'll help you with whatever situation that you're facing in life. All you have to do is contact us at thegrounditpodcast at gmail.com and we will help in any way that we can. That's what we're all about. We're here for each other. I want to help you increase your faith. Just like the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. And we don't have Jesus standing in our face like the disciples did, but we can still have faith. In Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, the Hebrew author says this, Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets, right? In the Old Testament, God spoke through the prophets. And now, in these final days, He has spoken to us through His Son, Jesus, because He's been on the earth. He's walked the face of the earth. He died for our sins, right? So now, in these final days, God has spoken to us, not through prophets, but through His Son, Jesus. God promised everything promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son, He created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and, and expresses the very character of God. So in other words, it's like G, like John uh, or like Jesus told Thomas, He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm the very image of the Father. And so He says the Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. And when he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. And this shows that the Son is far greater than angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their name. So faith starts in believing in Jesus. That's where it starts. That he is the Messiah, that he died on the cross for your sins and for my sins, for the sins of the whole world, if we if we choose to put our faith and our trust in him. And, and faith starts by saying, I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. And then being baptized in his name in a watery grave, just like he commanded us to do. And all the examples throughout the book of Acts, they all were baptized in a watery grave. And Paul says in Romans 6, we come up out of that water, a new creation in Christ. And we're filled with his Holy Spirit. And it is at that point, when we come up out of that watery grave and we've been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, that we are given a measure of faith by God. And God will increase our faith if we put forth the effort. So what about you? 
What about you, friend? Are you going to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? If you've already made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, where's your faith? Is it decreasing or increasing? Are you leading people to God or are you leading people away from God? You don't want to be the cause of someone to stumble and fall into sin. Jesus said in this passage in Luke chapter 17 that it would be better for you to, to have a heavy stone wrapped around your neck and thrown into the sea and drown than it would be to lead people away from God and causing them to sin. Are you willing, if you have made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, are you willing to put forth the effort and say, Lord, I have faith but increase my faith and help my faith to grow. Are you willing to put forth the work that needs to happen? That needs. Are you in God's word? Are you praying? And are you meeting with a community of believers that are there to encourage you and you are to encourage them as we're in this thing together and we're striving to get to heaven? That is what it's all about. Striving to be like Jesus, striving to be where Jesus is and, and taking as many people as we can on our journey there and helping each other as we go. Do you show the heart of the Father? Do you love like Jesus loved? I hope and, I hope and pray that you do. I know I'm trying my best on a daily basis. In, in Luke 17, the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, he's come with the, the, the double, double punch, boom, boom, and just punched me in both sides and knocked me out. And, and I've had to do some reevaluating, and I pray that 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 the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your heart, and that you reevaluate where you are in your walk with Christ, and you say, like the disciples say, "Lord, increase my faith." God bless you. Thank you for listening today. And when we get uh, get into the next podcast about the end of times, we're going to finish up Luke chapter seventeen. God bless you. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro, off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.